Yo, what's going on? This is Julian, host of Clear Cash Podcast. I'm, we're back from the break, baby. We missed it because we were on a back break, and I was on a break because of my back. <laughs> that's that's. You know what? At first, I thought you were saying we broke our backs, but then I realized, uh, it's just a clever pun because Julian hurt himself. I, I was hurt. <laughs> I was out of commission for a week. Uh, bet, dude, back pain. Fuck back pain. It's like it's I bad feel, news. Uh, yeah, man. Like it's just debilitating. You, you, you move one time in the wrong direction. You throw your shoulder out. It's over. Yeah. You're That's just crippled true. for three days. Like I was, well, four days really couldn't do anything. Backs are unpredictable. They're, they're the most unpredictable part of your body. Well, it's like upper back shoulder blades for me. I never know what's going to go on with those things. Upper back me. It's my, my hip. Your hip, hip is the unpredictable part. Yeah, it's uh, I sit. Sometimes it's fine. Sometimes it's like, hey, your whole your whole leg's numb now, baby. The front of my leg starts to go numb, and it hurts, and because I'm pinching a nerve, I don't know why. Oh shit, that sucks. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah I think news. I I think I pinched something, for sure. There was definitely a pinch situation. Yeah. I felt like someone was riding on my back, just giving me little pinches. Ooh, ouch, ouch, ouch. ouch hate that uh so usually i ask you what you've been playing but i kind of know what you've been playing because i've been playing it too we both played a lot like a fucking lot and maybe the cause of my pain <laughs> yeah. of, uh, we played a lot of the forest yeah man we're we're dedicated foresters so our, our first playthrough of the forest was in 2016 like june i actually looked at our old save file which i still have which is from june 2016 that's two gnarly. years ago that's a that when we first played that game, it was pretty fully realized already. I know, uh, you know, because I was thinking about that after our our recent play sessions of it, which each were like five or six hours long. It's yeah. hard. To, it's hard. That game is definitely one that when you start playing it, it's kind of hard to pull yourself away from, especially if you're playing with another person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was thinking like honestly, not much has changed in in terms of like core mechanics of the game. Uh, from mm-hmm. from 2016 to 2018, it's clear that they rearranged the map, being that we were looking for stuff that is now in different areas. Right. Uh, but you know, and they added more enemies, things like that. Um, but honestly, it it seems like they, what they've been improving over the past couple of years is is mostly just like polishing it up. Yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, it it did not have an end game when we first started, but that was not impactful to us because we weren't good enough to have reached it anyway. Right um, now, it does obviously, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it hasn't materially changed that much, and I think that's what makes it so so impressive as an early access survival game. Because like, Christ, there are so many of those, unbelievably, and I'm not so many a survivalist. It, you know, per se, I'm not like super into that genre, mm-hmm. but the loop and the setting and the AI of the enemies, very compelling and like really, really on point. Oh, absolutely. I, I think that the, the enemies in the game, which are kind of like these cannibal 
almost they remind me of uh the creatures from the descent right they're kind of like these bald shaved like humanoid but demented and scarred and uh, almost like inbred like i remember the first time we went down into like the caves in that game or even at night running through the forest from those things pretty Mm -hmm. pretty gnarly dude yeah dude i think the thing that is most interesting to me is that they're completely unpredictable that you you know, normally when you encounter an enemy, enemy, they charge you and try to hurt you. But when you encounter the cannibals in the forest, they might just look at you. You might look up and there's one just fucking like standing in front of you. Yeah. And he's just staring at you totally still. And then he'll just run away. And you're like, what, where is he going? What, what what is is he, happening? What's he doing? Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's I haven't figured out like if there's some pattern that you can eventually recognize in them they it just it, it's a lot of chaos when you're in a room full of these these enemies or even when you're just in like a field or in the forest with them mm-hmm. they seem to be like as you said super unpredictable they'll just sometimes just run right past you mm-hmm. uh sometimes bow at you on the ground start almost singing. as if it will start just singing it's it's really weird but super well done and not something that you see a lot in video games especially survival games most often, as you said, their enemies would just come right up to you and attack you. That's their only goal. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, these these creatures, these things have like a higher level of of pattern and and uh, decision making. It seems like where it's yeah. it's on a level of of chaos, though, for sure. Yeah, totally. When you when you encounter an enemy in a, in most games, you go from uh, you know you're comfortable and then the enemy appears and then suddenly you're threatened and it's a bi- it's nearly a binary state with with uh the forest it feels like it's ratcheting up the tension of like the enemy is is here it's just looking at you and you're unsure if you're going to be attacked or not and then maybe another one appears by its side and they start closing in on you and then they back off and you're like this is not good this is bad <laughs> uh until until eventually there are enough of them or one of them becomes aggressive enough to actually attack you if, and uh you know then it becomes real but it, it, yeah the ai uh, developing the tension rather than like the environment developing the tension that's an, that's a unique experience that for me anyway yeah and I, i'm i'm in it to see it through at this point like i i want to experience some level of in-game satisfaction with the forest i think I just, I'm not sure how we're going to get there because we're following these clues and they don't seem to lead anywhere. And the, the map system is wonky as hell. And, uh, yeah, we, we, we were hitting a kind of a wall at our last, totally. end of our last session playing it. When we first played this game, uh, we were making pretty swift progress, um, following the story beats. Um, but now we've, we just can't find one of the ones that we used to be able to find. And, mm-hmm. um, it's frustrating because when we were first playing it, I, I'm not, I am like fundamentally opposed to any game that requires that you read a wiki to play it yeah, properly. Absolutely. It's just fucking stupid. Why, why mm-hmm. wouldn't you integrate whatever you need to do into the game? Um, uh, and the forest was good at not doing that. It didn't require anything of us outside of playing it. Um, and we're reaching a point where it, it may necessitate reading a wiki to find out what to do. And that's kind of a bummer, but I still, I still feel comfortable recommending it as being an outlier in the genre. Oh, for sure. I mean, if, if people want to know what a decent survival game is right now, amid the, the clutter of them, uh, the forest is a really solid option. 
especially if you're playing with other people. I mean, survival games are generally more exciting and fun when you are playing with other people. Mm -hmm. Um, And the forest doesn't necessitate that you do, but I guarantee you will have a lot more fun if you play with a friend. Yeah, I I also will say that I imagine that playing this game single player is fucking terrifying. Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. Late at night, midnight, hearing those screeching cannibals. Yeah, they're just fucking calling out. Where are they? What do they do? Do they see me? I don't know. Yeah, we we played a lot of the forest, and uh, other than that, I, I've been playing a little bit of um, Elder Scrolls Legends again, the card game. Okay. I, you you don't really play card games, or have you ever? Not really. I mean, no. I yeah before so like you're already the, punk rock by then. Yes, the, collect, the collectible cards that uh, that we engaged with. And my my specific generation engaged with was X Men and DC cards to right. a lesser extent. Uh, so like Ma- X Men masterpieces and shit like that, or Marvel masterpieces. But um, you don't play those cards; you just collect them. Um, or baseball cards. Pogs. But there was a card game with them, right? You but no one fucking no, cared about it. There was no card game. Oh really? You just collected yeah. them? No, they were just pretty, and they had like a bio of the character on the back oh, of the card. Okay. Yeah. He just collected them. That was the whole game. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> then like the, the year below mine got into Pokemon, but I was already, I don't know, like 13 or 14 or something at mm-hmm. the time. And I was like, I don't fucking care. And also I was staunchly opposed to turn-based combat at the time. So like the Pokemon games just fucking did not interest me at, at all mm-hmm. yeah. on Game Boy and shit like that. Yeah, and I hit it, that hit at right at like the perfect age for me, you mm-hmm. know, because that when when Pokemon hit, it was like ninety six or something or ninety five, mm-hmm. um, and that was like just like the peak, uh, right when I needed it, right. Mm-hmm. So I grew up playing all the games, and uh, and you know they actually just announced the, the new one for Switch. Did you see anything about that? I did. I saw. I watched the trailer. It looks it looks good. People were complaining. Why are they mad about? Yeah. It? So. When they had this press conference in Japan, they they put up this banner right before it started um, that Niantic was involved. Okay. And, uh, you know, there's people live tweeting the event and uh, there's like Reddit threads going. Um, and once people saw that Niantic was involved, they're like, oh shit, they're announcing some sort of Pokemon Go port for Switch. And they kind of did that. They, they announced... Um, what's called Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Pokemon Let's Go Eevee, mm-hmm. two, two games. Um, so that fits the archetype of the yearly Pokemon game that comes out. And uh, they're, they're coming out later in 2018. And they are essentially like kind of like a mashup of some of the more recent Pokemon games and then Pokemon Go, right? So like you walk around in an overworld and how it differs from a normal Pokemon game where you're like walking in grass and getting in random encounters. Mm-hmm. You, you actually see the Pokemon on the map and then you can walk up to them and try to catch them or battle them, whatever. Right. And that's like Pokemon go in Pokemon go. You see the Pokemon on the map and then you choose to encounter them. Um, and then when you go to catch them, you enter this mechanic, uh, in the switch version where you use the joy cons, like you would, like you're tossing something. Yeah. And then obviously on, on your mobile phone in Pokemon Go, you use your finger to flick a ball. I like the idea of the overworld in Pokemon. This mm-hmm. like nice place full of nice people. And I don't know, Nintendo has, I'm not like strictly interested in games like that. Often games like that can 
are, are cloying, but Nintendo's approach to like soft spaces is very, uh, it's, it, it suits me. And I imagine that uh, a Pokemon game of that ilk uh, would, would interest me at that level. I don't want to fight the Pokemon against each other. <laughs> I mean, you just like, want to hang out with them. I just want to hang out with them. Yeah. And uh, it, the combat just doesn't interest me. Um, but if they're replacing the combat with collection only, it looks like it, it looks like they've they've meshed the the two systems like from the original Pokemon core uh, where you catch you you battle and then you catch right and then you store mm. them and then you can use them again in battle right. uh, with this Pokemon Go system in which you can see what you're going after instead mm. of it being random right uh, and then you use your Joy-Con to flick a uh, ball at it. Um, that's what it looks like to me. They they also announced that they're gonna have another game come out in 2019 that'll that'll be more of a traditional core Pokemon game. Uh, yeah. So I I don't know if uh, if this game the the one that is gonna come out next year in 2019 is gonna be like a, a core Pokemon game. I don't know. I'm, I'll try both. I I don't know if I want to spend 40. I mean I don't know if this game um, this. Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu game is going to be full retail or well, if it's okay. going to be some sort of like a $30 package. Well, I, it definitely won't be free to play. Let's say that this game is, it's got the same fucking size overworld as a Pokemon game. Um, same amount of NPCs. Same, it's got like 300 Pokemon in it. Mm -hmm. The only difference is that you're just catching them with the Pokeball in Pokemon Go style and you're not fighting them against other pokemon is that <laughs> right what, what what makes a core pokemon game is it the combat well, yeah yeah i mean i think it's it's the the progression of the game and, and the combat and then the way that you catch things right so like this i i've heard also that this is a a remake of pokemon yellow version in a way that it follows that story which is one of the f original games right. came out right after like the first wave of red and blue I remember when, when we lived together, you started playing one of the generations of Pokemon yeah. games and you were telling me about the new Pokemons and you were like, they're so fucking stupid. Dude. And, and they're like <laughs> keychains and trash balls and shit. Oh my God. That, that, that was when they really like, so black and white was, um, the last 2d game and our, my favorite, I'll mm -hmm. argue to the death of me that that's my, you know, the best one in the series, okay. uh, black and white version. But then uh, that's when they started fucking around with weird shit. And then X and Y version, which was the one that came out when I lived with you, mm -hmm. um, that's when they they really just were like, we're we don't care anymore. Anything goes. <laughs> so they had a they had one that was a keychain. It was a um, it was a uh, like a key ring and then a set of keys. And one of the keys had a little face on it, <laughs> and it would just jingle around and float around. <laughs> Oh, so man. that, uh, who knows what, who knows what else we'll see in the, in the next couple of years. Maybe they'll just, they'll do one. That's all like micro machines, you know, just cars. Here's like a, here's like a, a garlic press <laughs> and the press has a face on it. <laughs> What's your least favorite Pokemon? My least favorite ever. Yeah. Fuck. Um, I don't know. There's this one that really bugs me. Mm -hmm. I, so like in the history, I mean, there's like over 800 of these things now. Yeah. And there's some that are, I hate because they're useless and they're, they really serve no purpose and they're mm -hmm. just a novelty. Um, 
like there's this one that's just like a like a flat disc that's like a, f- a fish i think it's called stunfisk mm-hmm. and it just kind of is like you can't even really see it because it lays flat and it just has these two stupid ass eyes. <laughs> so probably that. That sucks. I don't know. I'm sure there's more that I hate more, but it's hard to say that you hate things that are drawn so cute, you know? No, it's not. It's super easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And then another n- recent announcement. So like we're just a week away from E3. So a bunch of stuff's getting announced lately and people are talking about all kinds of stuff. And Along with this Pokemon conference, which is isn't as exciting, they had um, a uh, Bethesda did a, a stream where they showed off the new Fallout trailer, Fallout seventy six. Yeah, man, were you one of one hundred and twenty thousand people <laughs> who watched a bobblehead for four nope. hours? Okay, not good. at all. <laughs> I, w- I was for ten minutes. Ten minutes. Okay, yeah. that's ten more minutes than I. I don't even I, like uh, Fallout 4. I don't know why I fucking bought why yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting, you know. <laughs> yeah, you want to see, I don't know. I went and saw what there was to see. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they had a, I think it was like a 24 and a half hour ch- stream of nothing for most of the time. Yeah. And it led up to a the, uh, Bethesda revealing a trailer for Fallout 76, mm-hmm. which is the new Fallout game. And what we know now uh, so far is that it's not going to be a traditional Fallout game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's from what I have heard and what it seems like is it, it's going to be something in between um, like what their base building mechanics in Fallout 4 were mixed mm-hmm. with some of the stuff in Fallout Shelter. I think it's going to be some sort of like base building strategy game, maybe an RTS even. <coughs> Actually. Um, so, um, Jason Schreier, the Kotaku. Yeah. Kotaku. Yeah. Like super connected, generally right reporter. Um, he and Austin Walker has of waypoint has also alluded to this, that it's going to be based on sources, uh, a game kind of like rust or Daisy. Um, it's an, really? o- yeah, it's like an online survival game. Oh, okay. Um, and the, the gameplay itself isn't hammered down according to the sources, but the basic model is there's going to be base building and there's going to be survival elements and it happens on a shared server space. Hmm. So some, something maybe isn't and not battle royale, right? It's, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like in a Daisy or Rust like environment, the alliances that you draw are arbitrary. They're not mm-hmm. like coded. They're just social. So, I mean, I don't know if there is a, re- I mean, I don't think anybody knows right now, including the developers, if there's a reward for that, for being right. the last one alive. Yeah. I'm certainly interested. I mean, I like, I like seeing stuff Bethesda does and I like, playing things that Bethesda is involved with. And this one is something they'll, they'll heavily be involved with. Um, it, it looks like, uh, you know, fallout 76 takes, takes place just 20 years after the war, I think. Mm-hmm. So they never had a game, a fallout game that is that close to the end of the war. So it'd be interesting to see what life is like immediately after that, you know, cause all the, all the previous fallout iterations have, have been long after the war and life has, settled back into post-apocalyptic goodness. Yeah. I mean, it 
depending on how much story there is, maybe it won't True. be different. Yeah, at if all. this is an online survival game, then there's probably no story really. My guess is that the like twenty year versus hundred year disparity is really just an excuse to allow you to enter a blank slate rather than mm -hmm. pre-established societies. I don't that know. makes sense. We'll find out what it's like later. Soon. A week. Yeah. Because a week. this conference on the 10th. That's when their conference is. Um, and also, speaking of Battle Royale online survival shit, um, what do you think of uh, PUBG suing Epic Games? You know, I think... So Bluehole, developer of PUBG, is owned at least in part, by Tencent, who is probably the largest games company in the fucking world. It's not like it. It's not a hyperbole. Like they own part of Riot. They own a 5% stake in Ubisoft, which is what uh, staved off the Vivendi Universal uh, takeover that was hovering mm -hmm. over their heads for like three years. Um, they own, you know, part of Blue Hole. I don't know how much of Blue Hole, but a significant amount. Um, and uh, I don't know that the lawsuit has anything to do with anybody who we like typically associate with PUBG or if that is something coming from above saying like, you know, we don't own, we don't own Epic, so, but we do own you. So you go and defend your copyright right. from Epic and in doing so protect it or state that you're state that you're protecting it from you're protecting your copyright. So like one of the things about copyright is that you quote need to defend your copyright or else it's provable that you have previously not sought to defend your copyright, which allows for potential copyright infringers to infringe on your copyright legally. Right. If they see no action, why wouldn't they do it? Yeah. I, I don't know like if that's actually how the law works, but it is something that's trotted out on a regular basis and it's being trotted out right now by Blue right. Hole. Um, and the way that, the way that Epic entered the battle Royale scene was fucking pretty gross to begin with. Yeah. Um, Cause they were developing Blue Hole was developing Epic's engine to support a hundred players in a single map, which is fucking unheard of basically. And uh, Epic was rolling those changes into the engine and then Epic later just said, you know what, we're going to use, we're going to make use of your changes and make our own game, uh, as the engine builders, which is just gross. Yeah. It's, it's really shady and not many people know that. And all, you know, and that's why we saw those, uh, you know, Twitter, the official PUBG Twitter accounts taking shots at Fortnite for right. You know, in the first uh, few months of battle Royale. Totally. And uh, like, then you'd find, I literally found billboards in PUBG that were of player unknowns battlegrounds logo. And it said the original battle Royale beneath it. Right. Yeah. I've was, seen that. <laughs> which I think is absurd anyway, because yeah. they're already basing their game on an existing premise from a movie fucking literally called battle Royale, or I'm sorry, a book, uh, from like the what, late eighties, early nineties. I think it was early nineties. Yeah. I mean, I, I read the manga of battle Royale before I saw the movie, I, I got, I, it's I actually, know there was a manga. I knew there was a novel. But. Yeah. Yeah. I never saw the, the live action movie. Well, I, I have seen it. I saw it later, but I was in Canada when I was like 14 or something and I'd already started reading manga, but nothing 
you know, I read like action manga and stuff that was, that was violent, but I had never read anything as grotesquely violent and in, intensely sexual as, as the battle royale manga. Like mm-hmm. it's really, really graphic. Jeez. And I was like, holy fucking shit. You know, my 14 year old eyes could not believe what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, anyway. Yeah. But it's all, it all is based on that. That's the inspiration. Yeah, man. And, uh, I don't know. I think the whole thing's fucking stupid. Like the guy from PUBG just cribbed a concept from another thing and then got mad when somebody cribbed it from him. Like it was his own. Yeah. It's like the classic, the classic poser debacle. You know, when you start getting into punk music and you feel deeply about the songs or something that you feel like you, you, it's yours. And then other people, you see other people like listen to one fucking bad religion song and you're like, you don't really listen to bad. You don't even know. (laughs) And you already modeling yourself off to somebody else anyway. I know. Exactly. Uh, everything is a copy is a copy is a copy. Yeah. Yeah. It's just all, I I think the real gross part is just that Epic used like their progress to make their own game. But yeah, totally. Whatever. I don't really care either way anymore. In the end, it's not going to affect anything. I mean, Fortnite's still going to be as big as it is. It's not like, you know, I saw people going as far as suggested, like this was going to shut Fortnite down to some degree. No, dude. Not anywhere near that. Even if they won, even if Blue Hole won, all they would do is get a royalty of the whatever uh, Fortnite is doing. Like Fortnite, I mean, Fortnite would be making them, I mean, this is totally like off top, like just a point out of my ass but fortnite could potentially make them as much money as PUBG proper just oh, from the sure. royalty i mean did you see the recent numbers for how much uh fortnite battle royale made in one month i think last month how much no i'm asking because oh, i no. can't remember <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding no it was like it was like a fucking shit ton of money it was over a mil okay so like five percent like, of a shit ton is is a lot yeah, no, it's 5% of a shit ton is a lot. And PUBG would be happy to make that extra money for sure. Yeah. I saw some people saying like, oh, can you imagine all the developers of the small developers for, of uh, Battle Royale games that are shaking in their boots right now? And I'm like, dude, if you're a small developer of a Battle Royale game right now, you're a dumbass. <laughs> like, <laughs> you're just going to fall into a hole, dude. Like if, you, if you're a small hole. developer and you make a multiplayer game, you lose. 100% of the time you lose. Yeah. Okay. Ninety nine point nine percent of the time you lose because PUBG didn't lose, but you just can't enter the indie market as a multiplayer game. It's it's totally unviable. No, you have to strap it on like fucking Call of Duty is like yeah. the new Call of Duty whatever which whatever whatever one is coming out this year is going to have battle royale. That's their big announcement, right? And who knows what that's going to be like? But yeah, it's going to be strapped on everything. The you know uh, Grand Theft Auto. Uh, five just announced that they're doing a battle royale mode into your online. I would like to see battle royale in battlefield. That just makes perfect sense. They're already at that scope. Yeah. And the yeah, gameplay is totally. a billion times better than PUBG. I'm, I would be shocked if battlefield, uh, if EA didn't introduce that even into this new battlefield that's coming out that they just showed trailers for battle, the second world war game whatever it is battle what is it called i don't even know what it's uh, called five v this is battlefield five yeah okay uh and uh, one more gaming news thing i wanted to ask you about get your opinion on was uh, have you been reading the rumors about uh crackdown crackdown three what are the rumors that it's uh delayed again 
that sucks i know dude honestly crackdown 2 is terrible and like uh it was just a clone of crackdown 1 with with worse crap in it and then uh yeah I heard people were playing Crackdown 3 and it wasn't a big step in another direction. So, Yeah, you know, I saw Crackdown 3 for the first time in person at E3 last year, so E3 2017, and they had playable demos of it. It was one of the biggest things that uh, Microsoft showed off during its Xbox conference. Mm-hmm. It took up a major part of their show floor. They were very excited to show it off. It looked... Uh, to me, honestly, like a 360 game running on an Xbox One. Um, but yeah, there's there's rumor that it's it's either just delayed or potentially like scrapped, be, and which would be insane mm-hmm. because Microsoft has been pushing this for so long. It was going to be like a huge part of their conference this year, and it's all they have. They, it's, they're just holding on to it, and they got they have nothing else right now. That's wild, dude. I I. Remember them initially building this game as taking uh, advantage of cloud processing for the yeah. physics. I don't know what that is. They never explained what that is. It sounds like fucking bullshit. Um, <laughs> it, it just sounds like fucking bullshit. And yeah. then uh, it was explained like, oh, well, you know, you can't sync physics sets across two multiplayer experiences when people are playing online with each other which is true like you see that in games all the time like you and i were just playing the forest and you were kicking around uh, a light generator and you were like yeah it's down here in the water and i was looking at it right next to right. me yeah it was incense for me yeah so I mean, you. so i i get that but i i f- frankly don't believe that they ever had this game operating at a level that they described it and no, I, and I never, from what they showed in person, I wouldn't believe that. Yeah, that's that's sucks. Crackdown is such a phenomenal concept. I know, the fr- and it was a, 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 an achievement. The first game was so much fun. Yeah. And then two was extremely forgettable and not that fun. <sighs> you know and what I will say? It is Crackdown is good, but Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction Holy better. shit, dude. Why don't they make another one of those games? That was the one where you could uh you could put the cars on your hands like gloves. Yeah. You'd, dude, you'd rip them apart yeah. and then you'd smash them together, you'd have car gloves. And then car my, gloves. my favorite move was you could pick up a, a guy and he'd just be in your, your huge hand just screaming like ah and then uh <laughs> you could initiate a punt. So you'd like drop just kick him kick basically. Him. And it had uh, it had a really like advanced combat mechanic where the longer you held an attack, the stronger it would be. Right. Yeah. So yeah. You charge could, it up. Yeah, you could fucking charge your your punt and just kick them across the city. <laughs> Dude, I love that. And you know what games? I don't know if you ever played them, but you know what came close to the feeling of playing those Incredible Hulk games or that one prototype? was um, prototype. Dude, Same yeah. Developer. Okay, then yeah. that makes 100% sense because I love the, the two prototype games. Yeah, man. Amaze Entertainment, developer of uh, Incredible Hulk Ultimate Destruction, fucking on point, dude, and they're gone yeah, they now. Yeah, they just nailed, like, powering your character up 
and feeling it all the way through. Yeah, and being silly about it, dude. Yeah. Hulk was silly. That was a silly that was a silly ridiculous game, man. And so were the prototype games. Prototype yeah. and Prototype 2 extremely violent. Yes. Um but but in in a way that makes you laugh. Yeah. Like cuz you could do really fucking horrible shit to people in that game. <laughs> because you're in a city littered with civilians. I mean, yeah. it's you walk down the street and there's on either side of the street, there's 50 civilians and you can run through them, uh, at like 50 miles per hour, bust through that crowd, pick a civilian up as you're running, then, then seamlessly start running up a building. And while you're running up the building, you can eviscerate that civilian and absorb the pieces of their body into you to power your, your health back up. It's just ridiculous. It, it was, it was insane, but incredible games, really fun. Yeah. I would love another prototype game. Get those developers on the phone right now. Can I we get know, them on the man. phone? Cause they need to make a, they need to make crackdown three. You know what else they made? Uh, was, this is really weird. A Spyro game for the Game Boy oh, Advance called the Eter- Spyro, the eternal night. And it yeah. had, it had the gnarliest combat system like of really? any GBA game. It was so advanced. It's just wild combo system with elements involved and shit. Oh damn. And I I show everybody I can the the trailer for this game cuz Spyro is just wiling the fuck out. <laughs> it, it's a Castlevania type game. So oh, shit. you get like you level up, you get new skills and shit, shit that give you access to new areas of the area. Yeah, yeah. Uh and uh, yeah, but the combat is where is that? It's just nuts. My guinea pigs is just blowing up right now. The, the guinea pigs love it, dude. <laughs> Chill out. So um I watched a movie recently called um Thoroughbreds. Okay. Yeah, I've it? heard of it. I have. It I, has um that really moody looking girl from the Vitch, right? Yes, that's right. Yes, it has the young lead from the from the Vitch, and uh, I was told that the other lead is from Modern Family or something. Um, it's about this this like uh, upper crust chick who is uh, convinced by her mom to work with a f- person that she grew up with uh, to teach them like about getting into colleges and uh she learns that this person that she grew up with has these personality disorders that basically make her amoral and um she has no emotional reaction to anything she describes herself as being diagnosed as like sociopathic Mm -hmm. um she's not she's not bad she just doesn't have any moral compass and she says that she just has to try harder to be good than most no people. No empathy type yeah. of thing. Yeah, no empathy, no emotional reaction, um, no sense of what is right. You ha- she has to like reason her way into what other right. people th- see as right. Okay. And um, the movie's ultimately about how the upper crust chick has this terrible stepdad and the amoral person, the amoral chick says like, well, you should just fucking kill him. Like he's a bad guy, kill him. And uh, the movie goes from there with that premise um and i thought in this wake of like detroit become human and westworld dealing with these notions of like what is personhood what what validates a person as being um as valuable as another person like you know when should we terminate a host or when should we care about a host these things Mm -hmm. um I thought that 
thoroughbreds approach that concept in an interesting way from like a mental health perspective. Okay. Um, because normally when we think of personhood, we think of feeling, you know, like in Westworld, they're trying to say like, oh, the robots can feel, so we should care about them. They have emotions. Um, and there's this person, and arguably a person in thoroughbreds who has no emotions. And uh, the movie kind of deals with this notion of like, well, is her life worth living? Is it is is her state of personhood valuable? Um, and I thought it was really interesting, um, partly because uh, it's empathetic to her. Like normally, mm-hmm. when we depict or when we see depictions of people with uh, personality disorders of her ilk having no moral compass in, in movies or books or whatever, they are like these wild cards that enter people's lives and just like devastate them because they are bad. Like in our Just arguably. fucking tornadoes of horrid emotion, lack of emotion, I should say. Yeah, totally. And they're depicted as being dangerous and yeah. uh, like just ultimately bad. And the, the stories don't sympathize with these people at all. They're just like, well, you're, you're bad for lack of a better word. And uh, uh, this didn't, didn't do that so much. In fact, like arguably she's a better person than other people in the movie, um, by other measures, you know? Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say. I just, I thought it was interesting that. No, it's a good takeaway and relevant to the stuff that we've been made to, to think about watching Westworld. It's a good comparison. I mean, I, cause I've been feeling the same way when I've been watching it. And I think we just had episode, what, five or mm-hmm. six this yeah. past uh, Sunday. And, you know, I, I've gone back and forth with like how to feel about the main characters of the show. And, and, uh, we, we talked at length about, um, about the show after like episode three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot has changed since then, mostly with the way I feel about Dolores, right? Like I have no more sympathy for Dolores and I do not fucking like care right now about her, which is interesting. It's such a turnaround from her character from season one. Yeah. So she's a, she's a bad person now. Right. Yeah. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing is that like when, when these fictions approach the notion of like whether or not, uh, AI consciousness is as, is as valid as human consciousness. The AI consciousness is already always indistinguishable from human consciousness. So it's like inarguably, yeah, like it's as valid. Like that's what the story is telling me is it's, it's indistinguishable. The only difference is that the robots say dumb shit like, well, my, my emotional process is telling me that you're feeling sad. Whereas like a person would just say, I can tell you're feeling sad. Um, uh, yeah. So the, the question then becomes like, do we care about robots as much as people, um, like on a, on a fundamental level? Right. And that's the, that's the interesting thing is like in the first season where Dolores is a robot, arguably the whole time or mm-hmm. acting as a host almost the entire time, I was completely on board with her and I felt for her. I was sympathetic towards her. Yeah. Uh, and now that she's awake, quote unquote, and and has the ability to to feel at an emotional, like human level, mm-hmm. I fucking don't like her at all. So <laughs> they I just, I just like, how can how can you like her right now? She's so evil. Yeah, like th- th- I think it would be interesting if these if these when writers wanted to approach this moral dilemma of like when when is consciousness valid 
that the consciousness that they're comparing human consciousness to is is easy to distinguish the differences between because typically it's not typically AI consciousness and human consciousness are identical in the story. Yeah. And, uh, the thoroughbreds doesn't, doesn't do that. Thoroughbred says, well, this human consciousness, it lacks the elements that we normally, uh, equate human consciousness with. Is it still Mm -hmm. valid? Mm -hmm. It's cool. Just watch it. I will check that out. Hopefully funny. Oh, is it really? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. So I'll be at, uh, I think I'll be at E3 next week. No, that's not next week. It's two weeks away. Oh. <sighs> so never mind. I won't be reporting back. What next do you week. have to say? What, what about, what nice thing do you have to say? Oh, to close it out? Yeah. Mm, let's see. I have been really enjoying watching the Stanley Cup finals and it makes me happy. That's good. I like that. Yeah, me too. I've been playing Enter the Gungeon. I didn't like that game when I first played it because it felt too hard. Now it's really fucking good. You should play Enter the Gungeon. That's a good game. Last words from Nick. Play Enter the Gungeon. (laughs) Nick's last words. (laughs) 